Welcome to the Clinical Pharmacist Podcast, where we discuss interesting topics related to clinical pharmacists in general practice. I'm your host, Runa Salim. I'm the Clinical Lead of CPS and the Training and Development Manager of Clinical Pharmacist Academy. We also have our co-host, Mahmoud. Hello, everyone. My name is Mahmoud Yusupov. I'm a clinical pharmacist, independent prescriber, the founder of Clinical Pharmacist Solutions. We have with us today um, a clinical pharmacist who started their journey in this role exactly 12 months ago today. So we have Sandeep Gill. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Please introduce yourself. Hello, uh, I'm Sandeep Gill, clinical pharmacist, uh, working currently as a PCN pharmacist here in uh, East London. Lovely, excellent. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, really excited to have you with us. So Sandeep, if you can tell us a little bit more about your yourself, what was your personal journey um, as a pharmacist? Yeah, so I've been qualified for 21 years, 21 years this summer. I have been working for all that time with a very well-known multiple and I had a really, really good experience with them. Um, most of my uh, background with them is uh, in management. I did a lot of uh, pharmacy management, retail management and training with them. And as I came towards the end of my career with them, um, I had my daughter who's now four and I decided that I wanted to do something different and I wanted to go back to my clinical roots. So I did the advanced practitioner course with them and I really enjoyed that. Found that I just wanted to keep learning and learning and could found so many different courses that I did and eventually found that I couldn't put all of the things that I was learning into practice. So my final few months with them were a bit frustrating and, you know, got a bit bored. So, and and then along came you guys. You appeared <laughs> in an ad on my LinkedIn okay. um, and the ad just said, come and find out about being a GP pharmacist. And that was exactly 12 months ago. Oh, and wow. here I am. I see. So um, all of that was while you were with that that big multiple. Uh, is it true that you were an area manager for them as well? Yeah, I did a little bit of uh, area managing in Essex and spent a bit of time up in Scotland as well, which is really, really good and interesting experience. And lots and lots of personal development that I did with them. And all of that has really been helpful and useful to me in the last year that I've been doing the clinical pharmacy role. Wow. Okay. So I think it's fair to say that you've developed, you know, quite well um, in that previous, you know, you managed to reach the um, area manager role, which is quite impressive. So, and you said it's the clinical aspect that you were missing, which is why you transitioned over to, you know, clinical Yeah, pharmacy. I spent so much time doing management. I just felt like I'd neglected the clinical side of things um, for a while. And when uh, Ariana was born, I decided that I wanted to just take a bit of a step back and, you know, get back into the clinical side of things, you know, get back to the reason that I did pharmacy in the first place. So, Tell us a little bit about the specific journey when it came to, you know, transitioning into the clinical pharmacist role. I know you said that, you know, you saw uh, our ad on uh, LinkedIn. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. What is it that you went into that started this journey for you? So I suppose it all started probably about nine to 10 months before that. I had, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins, which okay. some of you guys will have heard of. Yes, of course. Uh, he is this high energy strategist who uh, runs seminars all over the world. And I found myself attending one out of the blue. I was, I was invited along by my sister-in-law. Okay. Um, and during this whole weekend that I attended, you get to sit down and you do lots of goal setting and, you know, really sort of do some navel gazing and find out what it is that you want in life. And I decided that what I really wanted to do was I wanted to help people. I wanted to help people with their health and I wanted to be involved in a 
in a bigger way than what I currently was in community pharmacy. In community pharmacy, you know, you don't always get the time that you want with a patient. Mm. So, you know, it's a real snippets of time. Whereas uh, what I wanted was, you know, like a consultation, like a good 20 minutes, sit down, let's find out, you know, what's going on with you, with the patient and, you know, what we can do to support them and help them with whatever health outcomes they want. So that was mm-hmm. my goal. Yeah. And from that, I started looking at different things that I could get involved in. You know, I looked at health coaching and I looked at lots of different courses that I could do. And then New Year's Eve came along, started looking at my resolutions and thinking, right, what am I going to do? Right, this year, I'm really going to go after, you know, the, the clinical side of things. And I want to go after working in a GP practice and, you know, getting to do these consultations that I want with, with patients. And LinkedIn's one of those apps I don't tend to go on very often, but okay. this particular 3rd of January, I think it was, at right. 9 o'clock in the evening, um, I, there I was and I just came across your ad. And I'll tell you the reason that I stopped on it was because the location was literally around the corner from my house. Wow. I like, and, I can't can I just say, I've never heard this story. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> on my arms. Oh my God, literally, okay, you know, I suppose some people would call it grace, you know, call it, you know, some people call it kismet. Mm. It literally, it was around the corner from my house. It was exactly what I was looking for. You know, all I wanted was, you know, how do I move in from community into GP practice? And that's exactly what the advert said. And I thought, you know what, this is... I can't give this opportunity a miss. I've got to, I've got to go. So that weekend, I came along to uh, the course. I met you and Mahmood. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few other people there who I'd come across in my uh, area manager days and, uh, you know, area pharmacy manager days and things. So it was, it was a nice, uh, you know, few hours to spend uh, with everyone and start to understand what sort of things you need to look at when you're doing repeat authorizations mm-hmm. and a bit of a realisation of, of what actually goes on in a GP surgery when you're, you know, when you make your repeat requests to them, you know, what's the actual background work that happens and also what should happen and isn't happening. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, and then a few days after that, literally, I think four days after that, um, you guys had offered me a job and that was it. Yeah, I remember. I think we were we were so impressed with your I think your enthusiasm and just the fact that you were so keen to learn. So that, you know, that was clear to us. I remember Mahmoud and I um, speaking afterwards and and we mentioned your name. So, you know, at, at the first opportunity when a, a job opportunity came up, you know, we thought, you know, I think Sandeep we need to offer Sandeep something and, you know, mm. luckily you were you agreed. Um so yeah, that was lovely. Quite hard to get even though I wanted to scream yes down the phone. I was like, "No, no, give me a bit time to think about it <laughs> my husband as soon as you put the phone down I was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> so I think that 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 um, story that you spoke of spoke of was um, quite profound. And um, the course that you attended was the clinical pharmacist conversion program, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was the yeah. uh, the full day workshop. And we uh, had basically designed it as if it was your you know first day in a GP surgery. And that was the uh, the idea of it, just to give you know pharmacists that hands on experience in a role where they would most likely be starting off as if you know as soon as they transition into this role. Obviously, this was this was uh, pre COVID times, when wasn't it, um, Sunday? and yeah, um, we now we've yeah yeah and um we've now tra- you know converted everything online so yeah. that is um, available it, online i would thoroughly recommend it if it's something that you, whether you've decided to to do make the move or you're still umming and ahhing about it i would definitely recommend to to do that course because it just opens your eyes to the starting point yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Now you've been a a clinical pharmacist in GP surgeries for 12 months. Can you tell us more about how you progressed your clinical pharmacist role? You know, what did you start with and and what are you doing now? Yes. If I describe my first day to you, so like I said, 12 months ago, literally to the, to the week, I was started with um, repeat authorizations. And then what you do when you're authorizing repeats is basically the repeat prescription that comes from the patient or the pharmacy. You're making sure that all of the medications that are on that repeat list are still appropriate. The dosages and the strengths are still appropriate. You're making sure that medications on there that require drug monitoring, they're all up to date. And if they're not, you don't authorize it. You're making sure that the patient has had follow-ups and reviews as required. And you're going through the SPCs, you're going through the BNF, you're going Mm. through local formularies and local guidelines. And when you're not used to it, it can take a long time. And I remember there was another pharmacist who also started at the same sort of time and she was so much faster than I was. And, you know, it was like, oh my God, I must be really thick. I don't know anything. And then it transpired transpired that when um, the work was checked at the end of the day, because obviously we're newbies and, you know, someone's going to go over what we've done. It transpired that she had been doing the the checks and yeah, all the checks rising and you know so yes so she was uh, getting through the work faster but at the end of the day you know we've got to make sure that our work is of quality and the whole reason that we can do this role is because a doctor is given authorizing us to make these decisions on their behalf so if we're mm. not doing it right then obviously you know that's that's a, a big issue yeah. So, you know, it's, I think on that first day, maybe I did five or 10 reauthorizations. Yeah, but you <laughs> and, did them you know, all right, though, like didn't a, you? A whole day. I remember going home with a big headache thinking, what on earth have I done? You know, with experience, you just you just get faster, don't you? That, and that's probably like the entry level of the clinical pharmacist work that you would do. Yes. Um, yeah. And then since starting the PCN role, I've been involved in a lot of audits, a lot of work with the impact and investment fund that the GP surgeries have to deliver for the CCG. Okay. But also the prescribing incentive fund as well. A lot of auditing for that. It's particularly around gastric gastrotoxicity drugs, um, NSAIDs, antiplatelets, anticoagulants, finding those patients who haven't got PPI protection and are at risk and then making sure that they are, uh, they've got that PPI if they need it and Uh reviewing them as well. You know, once they've got, you know, just give it to them and, you know, that's it. Going back, you know, a month or so later, you know, are they happy? Do they still want to carry on taking it? Uh Um, So that's a lot of the work I've been doing. And then uh, now I'm doing, we started doing the uh, structured medications review which is really really interesting work i'm lucky to be using a system called eclipse um which we've got down here in um in london and um with that it the system highlights your high risk smr patients yeah so i'm basically starting with all of those all of these people are really really complicated patients you know they're on lots and lots of different um medications um lots of anticholinergic burden going on lots of opioids and benzos and z drugs and it's it's really interesting really really interesting Mm. so it sounds like um you know you're quite heavily involved in the clinical side of things so um, you're probably using a lot of your clinical knowledge and learning a lot new you know a lot i'm learning so much so so much you know so anything that you sort of come across that you've not done before you just go and learn it and 
you know, if you learn it properly and well, then that's it. You only need to touch it once and then you know exactly what you need to do. So that's your current role, Sandeep. Um, How would you say that your managerial experience has helped you in your role or or has it helped you? I would say that it has definitely helped me in terms of, because the PCM pharmacist role is such a new role, um, there isn't really any set criteria as to what exactly a PCM pharmacist should be doing. You know, there's a lot of, you can be doing... uh, structured medication reviews you could be doing triaging you know every surgery uses pharmacists okay. differently so I think for me my management and leadership experiences helped me structure my day and structure what I want to uh-huh. deliver so you know most of us will probably be used to our boss telling us exactly what they want done and when that deadline yeah. will be as I found that a lot of GPs don't have very much experience with a the pharmacist they don't really know what we're capable of doing some of them do. Some of them have worked with pharmacists within their practice before the PCN role came along. So they, they, they're very aware, but others didn't. And it was very much that I was left to my own devices. And I found that if I didn't have the experience that I had, I probably would have been mm. quite lost and probably w- would have taken me a lot longer to find my feet. Whereas my experience allowed me to come up with a, a plan, um, which I knew exactly how to share that with the with my key stakeholders, yeah. basically, the, all the, the GPs that I was working with um, and made sure that they understood what I was going to deliver. They had the opportunity to ask questions or to amend it if they felt they wanted to. And then once we got agreement, I, you know, ran with it. And um, I also found that to ensure that they could see that I was delivering, I found that if I did the smaller tasks first, like the auditing, you know, wrapped it up in a nice report and sent that to them on a regular basis, they knew what I was doing. And and so, you know, there wasn't any worry there of, you know, is our PCM pharmacist actually doing anything? Are they delivering anything? Are they of value? Um, You know, so there's a bit of how do you influence your key stakeholders and how do you impact on them so that they know that you are of use to them? You know, it's a brand new role. And I know like, you know, 20 years ago when I first started, God, I sound so (laughs) old, but you know, you were lucky if the GP picked up the phone yeah, to you yeah. because you couldn't read their handwritten prescription, yeah. you know, and, and things have changed so much. You have these opportunities within a GP surgery. It's amazing. And now they're talking about, you know, increasing funding to increase the number of um, allied health professionals within the PCN. It's such a huge opportunity for pharmacy, you know, ph- the pharmacy community to just show what we can do and how useful we yeah, are. Yeah, I think it's becoming more you know, evident that um pharmacists in general practice they're becoming they are key members of the general practice team Um, and also I think it's really interesting the fact that your it's actually your managerial experience that helped you in your PCN role because it's the transition from for example area manager to um, clinical pharmacists in general practice it's not that typical transition that we normally see or expect a lot of people might think that oh I need a very strong clinical background I need to for example I've worked in a uh, in a hospital or have um, you know a couple of diplomas under my belt uh, clinical diplomas, um, but, but it's not always the case. So it just shows how you can use any skill set or any um, experience to your advantage um, in the sector. Absolutely. 
I would definitely say that, you know, if you are willing to learn and you're willing to put in the time and effort to ensure that your practice is getting stronger and stronger, it doesn't matter what background you come from. You will, what, you know, someone who's got a clinical diploma might know, you will know, you will have more experience in the other area and then you both learn from each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and eventually you both come to the same place, but I think it's all down to the individual. Don't rely on the clinical director or another senior pharmacist giving you guidance you need to know what you want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it and with what within what Mm -hmm. timelines and you've got to give yourself these goals and make sure that you're doing whatever it takes to achieve them yeah yeah I think that's definitely what I would say is that don't expect anyone within the PCN to support you if you're lucky enough to find someone who who will hold your hand and great but today January 2021 everyone is so busy you've got the COVID vaccinations rolling out as we speak no one's got time to to hold your hand you've got to be confident enough to do it yeah absolutely I really agree with that because within this role there's so much room for progression Uh, we've got the the CPS pathway uh, levels one to four you could become an independent prescriber running your own clinic you can do all sorts so yeah I think you're absolutely right in the sense that you have to take responsibility for your own progression as long as you're motivated and willing to learn there is there's training available out there and you just need to seek it definitely definitely and you know one of the other things i've been involved in is i was asked to help out at the covid vaccination hub um uh, back in the beginning of december when the, the pfizer vaccination was first authorized and that was an amazing experience i absolutely that's probably the highlight of my oh, year really? actually uh, being asked to do that it was it was so amazing you were working within it was a different pcn to the one mm. i'm working in but the, working within that pcn team with all the doctors the nurses nurses and reception staff, um, social and well-being uh, coaches and everybody who worked within that PCN. They were all so lovely and they were all so just wanting to get these vaccinations into the arms <laughs> of or the vulnerable that were coming in and all these patients were coming in and they were so happy. And it was such a, I really felt like I was doing a yeah, good thing, yeah. you know, and they've asked me to come back again as well, um, you know, so this time around, hopefully I'll get to vaccinate some people too. Um, again, I wouldn't have had this opportunity if I hadn't have left the community pharmacy role that I was in and to be part of something yeah. so huge. It's, it's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's lovely to hear that you, you know, you were able to achieve that fulfillment um, in that role as well. So that, that's really nice. Sandeep, looking back at your journey, is there anything you would do differently? The only thing that I would do differently, and this is a, a personal development thing of mine anyway, is my confidence I think I, you know, everybody has self-limiting beliefs. And I think because it was so new and I think I allowed my confidence to dip mm. and I should have, and I think feel like if I had just been a little bit bolder and made more decisions on my own, maybe I would have learned faster rather than asking so many questions. Mm. But I mean, when with. I think about, you know, from a patient safety perspective, I think, you know, because you are, you were so new to the role initially, um, I think it's it's better to err on the side of caution, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, you're, you're confident now, but it's probably because of the experience. Although you may have had a lot of that knowledge, um, you know, being able to apply it practically is completely different, isn't it? You know, theory is always different to yeah, practice. No, yeah, no, so I think um, that yeah. that's, for me, I look at that as a positive for you. The fact that you're you're more yeah. cautious, you do 
double check. Um, you know, you seek advice from more senior clinicians. Um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and and what's even better is the fact that you can see that you're more confident now. So um, yeah, I'll turn that around and see that's a positive, to be honest. Yeah, it's probably a good thing because, it, well, they say if you're uh, feeling uncomfortable, then you're learning, you know, you're on your edge of your learning zone. Exactly. So, um, so that's got to be exactly. Good thing. Yeah, no change happens when yeah. you're just doing the same thing day in, day yeah. out, right? No question then. Yeah. What advice would you give to a pharmacist who's planning to transition into the GP surgery sector? I would say look into what the role involves and start looking at how GP systems run, what kind of work you would be involved in and just start looking at opportunities. Don't worry about what experience you've got because whatever it is, it will be useful. And you just need to make sure that you open to learning and open to Mm. your own personal development and be really, really brutally honest with yourself about what your knowledge Mm. gaps are. You know, if you can uh, do the online assessment, that gives you a really, really good idea of where your learning needs are, and then just work on it. Give yourself, you know, a time limit as to when you're going to achieve all of the learning outcomes that you need. Be confident and ask questions. No question is a stupid mm, question. I think that's fantastic advice, Sandeep. You really hit a few key points, especially the fact about, you know, being open and willing to learn and being um, honest about your learning gap. So that, that's absolutely crucial. So, yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. So, Sandeep, yeah. you mentioned the self-assessment tool. What is that and how can pharmacists access that? So, so it's a really- really good tool to use so if you go to pharmacistselfassessment.org.uk you'll come across a set of questions so answer those questions as honestly air on side of caution again you know if, if you really don't know something just say you don't know it answer those questions brutally honest and it will give you at the end of it it will give you an outline of what your training needs are it will analyze your answers and it will tell you in terms of the levels one to four that uh, clinical pharmacist solutions use to assess what your competencies are. It will give you what you're good at, what you're not good at. Sandeep, thank you again for joining us. It's been really interesting chatting to you. I'm sure there's lots of gems that um, some of the pharmacists who are listening can take away. Um, And hopefully we'll have you um, back on here at some point in the future to see how you've progressed again. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by Clinical Pharmacist Academy, supporting pharmacists to transition into the general practice sector and accelerate their career as a clinical pharmacist. For more information about our academy, visit cpaweb.org.uk.